Hey, Mom Spaghetti listeners. Christian French was one of my favorite finds in 2018, and since then, the love has only increased. I went back to listen to all of his old stuff, and that was right at the time I started Mom Spaghetti. There's evidence to back up my claim. His song, Love Ride, now playing, was featured as the pick of the week in, that's right, episode one. Christian French was kind enough to set aside some time to talk with me about his journey with music, the friends he's made along the way, like Chelsea Cutler and Quinn92, what's coming next, and a number of other topics in between. I snuck parts of our conversation into episode 45, and since you're already here, you know this is the full interview. Hope you enjoy it as much as I did, and his music as much as I do. Christian French, welcome to Mom Spaghetti. It is a pleasure to have you on. Keith, my man, how are you? I'm doing excellent. I wanted to start out with how you started out. How did you get started with music? I think I was in sixth grade or something like that, and my friend came. We were we had to be in band and choir class at this private school that I went to, and so um, my friend came in and he had learned, you know, Love Song by Sarah Bareilles. Yes, of course. Yeah, he came in. He had learned that on piano from YouTube. And I was like, oh, shit, that's really cool that you just learned that from YouTube. And I was like, well, if you did, then I probably could as well. And so he taught me that song on piano and I was just really thrilled about it. So I like went home and started learning a whole bunch of covers on the keyboard. And after I got a little bit better at playing keyboard, I started singing with it. And we would just skip band class and just like sit in the practice room and just practice all these covers that we learned. That was how I got started. And after like doing covers for a second, I started recording them just like voice memos on my iPhone and started posting my covers on SoundCloud. And I did that for like five years and it was just a hobby thing. And it wasn't ever really any any serious music. Then once I got to college, I got my own mic and my own workstation to actually make music and started recording demos on that. From those demos is what my early music like Fall For You came from and by myself and everything after. And then I started coming out to Los Angeles. That's kind of when the, I'm making the current music that I'm making now. It's been kind of a slow, slow progression, but it's been great. It's such a cool thing with music. I feel like it becomes just something starts the whole waterfall. And sometimes you can pinpoint the moment and sometimes you can't, but you just ride the wave and it feels like everything came from something else. You know, like you got a mic because you were posting on YouTube and all that stuff. And even for me starting Mom Spaghetti, it's not real until you buy something. (laughs) And so when I got the mic that I'm talking to you on right now, it's like, that's when it was real. I was curious about the friend in sixth grade. Do you still talk to him? Do you still work with him? And I also Uh, was curious. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you got to finish finish your question. Well, I like to ask a lot of questions at once. And I was going to ask what you played in band because I was also in band. Oh, nice. So my friend, his name is Ethan, and we're still friends, but like he's married now and is doing some grown up shit and (laughs) power to him. But yeah, that's kind of the extent of our musical relationship together is just we did these covers together and had some fun, like hanging out, making music together. But then shit, what was part two of your question? Part two. Oh, what did I play in band? Yeah, I was in percussion. I at that time was taking drum lessons. I guess technically drum lessons were my first introduction to music. Yeah, I was just really into the drums at that time. And I was supposed to be playing like, you know, the bells and all this other jazz. But the only thing I was really interested in was like snare and bass. And so that's kind of all I played. Do you play any of your own drums in your music now? I do not. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, there's definitely like rhythmic things that, you know, you can kind of 
I guess a lot of my drums are programmed in with samples or whatnot. And so mm -hmm. live drums is not really something that I've tapped into yet. But I guess you kind of have that influence when you're just putting the drums in, you know, that knack for knowing where the sounds go. So I definitely say it's been used. Totally. And I feel like just the ability to read music and understand tempo just gives you such a head start. Yeah. And one thing with, uh, I guess I don't really know how to read music, especially like piano. I, I never have learned the proper way. I guess the music theory way I straight up learned from YouTube. So I've got some learning to do still. That's amazing. So you've never taken piano lessons, not even one? No, nah, not once. That's so incredible because I forget one of the Twitter accounts I saw you got posted on where you were playing, uh, I think maybe Ash did it too or something. It was like you play a song in your room and you were playing piano. Yeah, bedroom pop, yeah. Yes, exactly, bedroom pop. And that was really cool. And to find out that you know you were never taking lessons or anything in piano, I mean, hopefully some kid is listening to this interview and thinking that's... It's I mean, crazy I don't what, have to take lessons. Right. It's crazy what YouTube can teach you, man. I mean, the same, I'm sure, goes for guitar and probably some other instruments as well. It's just all about, it's definitely not going to come in a day. Like, you're just going to have to sit down and bury your head and work on it for a while. But it's totally doable to learn by yourself. I'm really happy that it worked out that way because, you know, now I don't really, I'm not super in my head about exactly what notes I'm playing. I'm just playing what sounds good. That's so cool. And as far as YouTube it's wild. I mean, I've used YouTube a decent amount for some of the editing that I do with the podcast. And then I'm trying to transition into Ableton, if you use Ableton at all. Yeah, I actually just got that a month ago as well. I've been loving it. I have been spending so much time on YouTube. <laughs> you could go down the rabbit hole for ages. Yeah, that's like another thing is teaching yourself to produce is YouTube that'll answer all your questions is literally any question you have about Ableton or Logic or Pro Tools, it's going to be on YouTube. Right. So do you produce any of your own music or do you work with people who are more of the mixing engineers and things like that? I have not produced any of my own music yet, but right now I just got Ableton. I just got a good amount of plugins and getting my actual studio together for the first time pretty much ever. I've made a whole bunch of demos before in Logic, but now I'm really trying to produce not all of my own records, but definitely a couple here and there. I think it'd be really cool to have just a full top to bottom production done. And I feel like I'm getting to that spot where I could maybe with a little bit of help from my other producers, get it done all by myself. There you go. By yourself. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck with that as someone who is Every time I learn something new in Ableton, I'm just baffled that something like that is a capability of software. And then I also am just like, I am using this for maybe 0.5% of what right. it can do. <laughs> yeah. One of the questions I always love to ask artists, Christian, is do you remember the first song you wrote and completed or maybe not completed? Yeah, I do. Actually, the first song I wrote and completed was called Northbound. I guess my first song that I was any bit stoked about, yeah, it's called Northbound. I could probably still mess around and play it. I'm trying to think of the lyrics in my head right now. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the story behind Northbound? Yeah, it's just kind of about continuously moving forward in your life and not going backwards. I don't know, life always takes you in a forward direction, no matter what you think it's taking you in. And so that's the gist of it. But I'm sure I said it in a really weird <laughs> way that didn't get the point across <laughs> very well. But yeah, that was back in high school. I wrote that song. 
I worked with a producer that we both didn't really have a great idea of what we were doing, but he knew enough to mess around in FL Studio. And yeah, we I had to like one take the whole song because we couldn't figure out how to do multiple recordings. Oh my and God. so I like one take <laughs> it and it was like a super all right song, but that was my first song. Here's my story. I also am impressed and also feel like that's great the message from Northbound because I feel like from following you on social media and also taking in some of the lyrics, especially when I think about songs like Bright Side of the Moon, it seems like you always are dancing around this topic of moving forward in life, taking the good for what it is and being appreciative and just a lot of positive vibes. And I really appreciate totally. that. So I think it's really cool when we look back on our lives and some of the work we've done and for you, the art you've produced. And I applaud you for, I guess, always knowing who you are and who you were. That's something special. And I think the fans appreciate it, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm a continuously evolving person, just like everybody else. And, you know, I think a lot of the reason why I'm focused on writing this type of music is because I am also just figuring everything out as I go. And I'm like, you know, there's times where I feel completely, absolutely lost. And reading books with those messages or just hearing those positive messages have been very inspiring to me and definitely something that I try to keep really close with me as I'm doing this to just stay grounded and stay realizing what's important. That's what inspires me. And I think that's why I write so much about it is because, you know, I'm going through the same shit that everybody else is trying to figure everything out. That's helped me realize what's important. Well, thank you, because I know that it's important to get that message out. And we as the listeners and the fans, sometimes it feels like you guys are such superstars. And that's one of the reasons I know I love doing this and people enjoy listening because we get that message in real time. You know, we're all just going through this together. We're all just figuring it out as we go. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we led into this topic naturally because I have written down one of the biggest questions I wanted to ask you was you're part of this wave or generation of artists who wear their heart on their sleeves. And I think it's a little bit of social media and having so much access to the musicians and artists that we love and follow with artists like Quinn 92 and Chelsea Cutler and Ash and so many others. Like I'm saying, you guys are so vulnerable and open. You talk about things like anxiety in heavy snow and this whole idea of mental health being at the forefront of the conversation in everything we do and in art. As the listeners, it's so inspiring to see the people we look up to and listen to be vulnerable. I want to find out what that's like for you. And then you also are talking about you're inspired to be that for other people. So who or what inspires you since I feel like you guys really are the first generation of artists to lead this wave? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's all about what I'm going through and all the music I write about is coming from my current moment of what's going on in my life. I go through anxiety a whole bunch. I'm sure everybody does in their own sort of fashion. But I mean, it's just something that I'm going through. And it's something that is really, it's really tough to talk about in a normal setting. You know, just having a normal conversation is really tough to bring up. And, you know, music is kind of the only way, the very best way, in my opinion, to get it out just for my own life. Since it is such a hard thing to talk about, I don't, I feel like a lot of people that are going through it hide it. And it's really good that there's music as that outlet that is able to bring it up in a fashion that's not very hostile or weird or embarrassing in any way. I don't know, it's a really comfortable way to let people that are going through it know that they're totally not alone and that it happens. 
I, I know my first time that I was going through a really big wave of anxiety, I just felt like I was a total, like almost outcast. I just felt so separated. I don't know. I felt like I was in my own world. And after talking to some people that had gone through it as well, I felt a lot better just knowing that it does get better and I'm not going to feel this absolute separation forever. And I don't know, really know what I'm trying to say. I'm kind of rambling. No, I mean, I was rambling too. I guess, well, first, off, did you have more to say? <laughs> I cut you off. No, that was pretty much the gist of it. If we're talking about inspiration, I've been reading a lot of books lately that are very self-help and self-aware oriented. They've helped me a lot with paying attention to my own mind and what I'm saying and what I'm thinking. It's really helped me a lot just become more mindful. As far as the inspiration goes, since you guys are at the forefront of this wave, I keep calling it a wave. I feel like that's what it is. That's why I was curious for the inspiration because I almost feel like in some ways in my own life, I feel like there sometimes are role models that I have and then in other aspects there aren't. So I'm trying to be what I didn't have to look up to. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Man, that's a good question. I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, just being in this environment where other people are doing it, like you said, friends like Chelsea Cutler, Jeremy Zucker, Quinn 92, all those. It's good to like have this community that, you know, is just very transparent. And I think that's just part of the generation that we're in is people are looking for something more than, you know, just music. It's got to be tied to more emotion. It's got to have genuinity to it. That's really all it is, is just genuinity at the end of the day. Like, I'm just writing about honestly what's going on. I think we're kind of all on the same page. Yeah, it's just kind of a community effort, I'd say. Yeah, well, that's like the genre of music that I love. And I feel like in the past few years has really bubbled up. So I'm just appreciative of you and Quinn and Chelsea and Jeremy Zucker. All of you guys, I think what you're doing is phenomenal. One of the comments I wanted to make, Christian, is this is why I love music. Because it's so cool. I'm on the receiving end or I'm the listener, right? And right. you are the one who's making the music and you're using you're making music as an outlet for this anxiety or whatever you're going through at the time, because it doesn't have to be anxiety. It could be happiness and things like that. Totally. Then that's what you're getting out of making the music. And I go and listen to the music and it's the same outlet for me. So it's it's just so fascinating about music that we're getting the same therapeutic result. Right. But going about it in a different way. That is a really cool way to think of it. I've never I've never really thought of it that way. Yeah, man, music is the ultimate therapy. It's the it best. Really is. And and I call it the great connector because I'm sure you have some fans who aren't from the United States and maybe English isn't their first language, but Oh, it's crazy, man. It blows my mind getting messages in different languages that I have to click translate on and <laughs> it's so crazy, man. It's really cool. I don't know, I just never thought that it would be anything, you know, outside of Indiana, let alone America. It's crazy. I don't know. It's really connected me to literally anybody in the world. Which is so cool. And that dovetails into another question, which is, I think I read in an interview that you had done somewhere. Was there a specific moment in time where I know you were messing around on YouTube and stuff like that, but where you just thought to yourself, this is the right path. I'm doing the right thing. Because whether it's this morning or last week, waking up to one of those messages in another language, I mean, that's got to be a huge piece of validation for you. But do you remember your original point of validation? I would say I don't have one specific point where I was like, yeah, this is it. 
it's just kind of built off of a whole bunch of, you know, small instances of messages on Instagram of fans saying how much the song has helped them in their life, figure some stuff out, or they've just really enjoyed the song. It's just really put them in a good mood or whatever. And then having that come into real life, you know, meet and greets with fans talking to you about the same stuff and just how much of a positive impact that my music has had on their life. And that's literally all I can possibly ask for as a musician is to be able to spread that joy that to me is the biggest validation that is the biggest reason that that i like making music is to you know just spread love spread positivity that's really what it's all about at the end of the day like i'm not trying to ever tie my career to like any sort of fame or anything like that that's just not important to me well you're killing it you're doing a great job your music is amazing it's so positive and i don't know if my message is as good as the instagram messages you got but i just want to say Shout out to Sarah Bareilles and shout out to Ethan. Hell yeah. Because Hell was, yeah. I'm so happy that <laughs> the journey started and that it's brought you here. And, you know, I'm really excited to see where it takes you. As far as the journey, there is one specific moment I'm just so curious about because I have yet to speak with any artists who made the decision to leave college. And I know that was something you were at IU Chelsea Cutler asked you to go on tour. That was how it went, right? Yep. Can you talk about that whole mindset? Was it something that as soon as she asked you, your mind was already made up? I'm just so interested to hear about that specific point in your journey. So at this point, I was in school doing what I needed to do to get good grades. And that was it. Outside of that, I was going to LA every break. I was not trying as hard on homework and instead allocating more time to, you know, writing music and sitting in my piano messing around. So I was pretty, I wouldn't say checked out of school, but I was, I was ready for music. You know, I knew that the first stepping stone to getting into music full time was getting an opening slot on somebody's tour. And Chelsea and Jeremy and Quinn and all those cats were literally the first ones I had in mind. And they were my dream tours to be a part of. So Chelsea and I had been texting for a month or two. How did you get in touch with Chelsea? The first time that I think she saw me was I was covering her music on Twitter, just like a piano cover or whatever. And she followed me from that. I think she kind of kept up a little bit with my music there. And then she had a show with Quinn 92 at my college. Their tour bus was parked outside and I've sent her a picture on Instagram. I was like, yo, here's your bus. I'm leaving for spring break. Peace. Good luck tonight. <laughs> and she's like, turn around right now. We're going to hang out. And so wow. I turned my car around and hung out with her for a little bit. And we exchanged numbers and became homies from there. That's amazing. Yeah. She sent me a text. There's like two weeks left of school. She was like, how do you, how do you feel about going on tour with me? And I was like, yes. Like in... <laughs> I don't care what the details are. I'm fucking in. And you said, I'll figure out the details later. Yeah, it was exactly. I was like, this is everything that I've wanted. She's like, okay, like, slow down. There's more <laughs> details to hash out. But like, hell yeah, let's make this happen. I had two weeks of school left. And I left school that summer not knowing if I was ever going to come back to school. And straight up didn't come back after the decision was made a couple weeks later. What year were you when that happened? I had just finished my junior year. I guess I was a senior because I have 13 credits left to graduate. <laughs> I'm pretty close. I like that you still know. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just one semester. 
Yeah, man, that was such a crazy thing to see come to fruition because that just brought everything to reality. At this point, it was like you're making music, you're posting music, and you've got a little following, but you're still in school. And you're, in my case, I'm still in organic chemistry and like doing all this shit that I don't want to do. And then it's like, all right, well, now you can focus all your energy on what you're passionate about. That was pretty, pretty gnarly. That's an incredible story. When you look back on it now, do you feel like you knew that was going to happen or does it seem like a lot of chance aligned? I, I don't know if that question makes sense. I think both of them are correct. I definitely like, I was confident and I believed that I could be a musician and I believed that if I kept releasing music that people were going to start noticing and, you know, eventually it'd get to the point where I'd be able to do a show in some fashion. And I was really confident in that, but for it to be Chelsea Cutler, who's one of my favorite artists, who's also the same age as me, who also has the same values aligned as me. That is a very by chance thing. And after that, being on tour with her and connecting with Mike Quinn 92, going on tour with him, you know, so many things happened that were all just, I'm just very thankful and very lucky that they happened that way. The coolest part of the whole story, and maybe this is just me feeling this way about listening to it, Christian, but when you tell the story, it feels like you knew, you know, like this was all part of your design. And I know it just kind of like, came to fruition but it like you were saying i loved chelsea cutler that was my dream to go on tour and you did some things to make it happen but like i'm so happy for you that it worked out exactly as you envisioned it yeah it's pretty crazy that it happened that way (laughs) right we'll forever be thankful because you know a lot of shit doesn't does not happen that way no i was curious as far as that first tour with chelsea cutler One of the things that I have to credit my dad with, I don't know if this is his real saying or if he stole it from someone else. When I had just graduated college, he told me it's really hard to appreciate things in the moment as much as you do in retrospect. Was that tour a time where you were able to just soak it all in? I feel like it had to be. Uh, yes, but no. It was my first tour and I'm sitting there kind of like, holy shit, this is real. This is like what musicians do. Like in that sense, absolutely. It was the craziest. I I was mesmerized the entire tour. But at the same time, you know, it's my first tour and I straight up was figuring a lot of stuff out. Like I had no idea how to perform. I didn't know what a live set was supposed to be. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know so many things. And so a lot of my energy was spent watching Chelsea, watching her team, figuring out what the proper way to do things was. And that carried on to, you know, the Quinn 92 tour as well. I would literally sit in the back by myself some shows and just watch Mike perform just because he's the best performer I've I've ever seen in this genre. And so it's just like trying to study and make sure that I'm kind of on top of things and, and continuously getting better because it's easy to go through the motions on tour after you've locked in, you know, a couple shows and you've gotten comfortable. This constant, I just want to consistently get better. I definitely was like that and I would get nervous before shows because it was my first tour. And so, yeah, I would still say that looking back on it, I don't remember exactly how you ordered it, but I definitely appreciate it more looking back on it, how much I learned. But I was kind of stressed out. Oh, I'm sure. You didn't even know if you were going back to school. <laughs> no, yeah, I was, I was super stressed out. Well, I saw your show when you opened for Quinn, and I saw you a few weeks back in Boston. And I definitely, you know, you seem very comfortable up there. So I feel like you've definitely made strides. I didn't see you on the Chelsea Cutler tour, obviously. I definitely think you're on the path. And everyone that I saw in the crowd had an amazing time at the concert. Man, that show is my favorite show of the tour. 
Boston was just so crazy. It was so wild, man. I'm glad that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Probably more, but it's okay. <laughs> that show is like definitely one that I will never, ever forget. I've never had every single person in the crowd super bought in like that. When I think about my, like, um, I don't want to call it obsession because I'm on the phone with you, but my <laughs> my fandom with your music, the stars aligning for me was like, I didn't know if I was going to go to the Quinn tour. A lot of my friends were not around and the show that I was able to go to was the Tuesday night, not the Wednesday night. I'm a huge believer in not looking up set lists, just going in with an open mind and seeing yeah. how it goes. And the story is, you know, I went with my friend Sam. I wound up recruiting her and we got there early because I wanted to be towards the front. When we went to the bar to get a drink, I was asking what time Quinn 92 was going to go on. And she said like 1030 and the show was supposed to start at, I think, seven or eight. Whatever it was, yeah. I was like, why do I have to wait so long? And she said, well, there are two openers. And I was like, what the hell? Like, these openers better be good. And then right. your music started playing and I knew who you were. And I was like, this is insane. I can't believe I didn't look up who was opening. Yeah. And now it's Christian French. I don't know. It just seemed, I don't know if I want to call That's it lit. serendipitous. Yeah, it was I was fucking stoked. <laughs> it's funny. There's like been multiple people that are like, I had no idea that you were opening, but like, I'm really stoked when I started hearing your music playing over the speakers. And I was like, yeah, it's just funny that I don't know. A lot of people just didn't know that I was opening. Maybe a lot of people are like me, but I, I don't know. That's pretty awesome. Though. I'd, ra I'd honestly rather have a show go that way. Like if I was there, just complete surprise. No, <laughs> no expectations. I know you have this great network of Quinn 92 and Chelsea Cutler either with them or maybe with some other people, is there anyone that you consider to be a dream collaboration where you think, oh, we would rock it if we did it together? And I really want to do a song with them. Man, I think that I would make a really cool song with Louis the Child or Odessa or SG Lewis or some of those electronic producers. I think we could just smash a song together. But then if we're talking other artists, Ash and I have started writing a song together that I'm really excited about. One of my biggest dreams is just write a song with John Mayer. Whether he's on it or not, just to be in the same room as him and work on a song together, is that's top of the list for me. I'm getting more open to the thought of collaboration. When I first started, I was very like, everything has got to be done by me. And now it's gotten to the point where I know that the very best music comes from not just one mind, but multiple minds. I've been really looking for collaborations here and there. I feel like Lewis the Child and you would crush it. Right? Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, for the first time, saw John Mayer live this summer. Have you ever seen him oh, live? Oh, wow. Dude, I couldn't go to any of his shows. And I was so, so, so sad. I have seen him live before, but not this tour. This tour was the tour that I wanted, really wanted to go to because he was playing everything. Yeah, well... My little pity party for myself is my sister lives in New York City and we loved Continuum growing up. That was like our favorite album as a family. So. Yeah, that's, that's my all-time favorite album. Oh, then. But go ahead. No, no, no. Hey, it's my number one. I don't know if anything will ever top it. Hell yeah. Same for me. Just no skips. I like stop this train. I don't know. I could go on for an entire podcast episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we went and he was doing two nights in a row at MSG. And for whatever reason, we were like, oh, let's do Thursday night. 
I don't know. So we went Thursday night. And you didn't see the full Continuum album? Oh, no. I was so oh. sad because my friend went on Friday and damn, he like tech because he had asked me how it was on Thursday. And I was like, oh, it was amazing. He just riffs for minutes at a time. And it's fantastic. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Then the next day he said, oh, he played Continuum from front to back. And I was like, are you just saying that because you know I love Continuum? He was like, dude, check out my Instagram story. And I I didn't cry, but on the inside. <laughs> yeah, dude, I felt the very same way. I I mean, like, he, he did the same thing in Los Angeles, but I was on tour. Oh, and I was man. just like, oh, that is all I wanted to see. <laughs> well, when you guys write your song together, you can just be like, hey, can you uh, play Continuum from front to back? Yeah, there we back? go. <laughs> so I'm ripping really quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I need some inspiration. This will help. Yeah. What's next for you? I know you said that you are writing a song with Ash, but what should the Christian French and Mom Spaghetti fans be on the lookout for from Christian French? Man, I'm back here in LA now, getting back into a routine of a normal life, and uh, I've been starting to write new music. Before tour was even over, I had like, I think five songs for my next EP started. And so finishing those, I'm looking top of the year to start releasing them. And man, I've never been more stoked about any music I've ever made in my life. And so, like I said, you know, I've started collaborating more, not necessarily collaborations with artists on the project, but with writers and, and more producers and keep expanding. And so this next group of songs is I'm really stoked about. It's going to be doing a lot of that, honestly. My biggest goal right now is to just keep releasing music that aligns with my beliefs. That and then a lot of shows in 2020. Sweet. Well, hopefully Boston lives up to the hype from the 2019 show when you come back. Oh, yeah. And you know I'll be there. I always ask the artists that I talk to, this is like my favorite question, and I do it with my friends too. This is the mom spaghetti signature question. So, you know, I'll front load your music and parts of our conversation from today at the front of next week's episode. And then at the end, after the TBT that you can select, I will play your answer to this question. I think it provides some context into who you are as a person and as a musician, where you draw inspiration from and things like that. Sweet. So the question, Christian, is if someone gifted you a sweet vinyl record player, that you're going to have for the rest of your life. It's that good. And they also give you whatever's enough money to buy the first five vinyl records to start your collection. What would be the first five vinyls, Christian French, that you would go out and purchase? So plot twist, we have a vinyl player at our house and we've bought our favorite records. And so that's kind of already happened over here. But my five favorite, I would say, number one, got to go with Continuum. I was going to say, that should make it easier. Yes. <laughs> and then number two is Californication by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Amazing. Just an absolute rocket of a record. Swimming by Mac Miller is just spiritual. Just so good. You got to throw in a Frank Sinatra record in there. You don't have a great record player unless you got a Sinatra record you can throw on. And then number five, I think... I'm going to have to go with Case Study by Daniel Caesar. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That album is just, it's got some really, really deep introspective shit going on that I really appreciate. You know, it's one of those albums that no matter what setting it's in, it just always fits the energy of the room. That's just one of those records you can always have on. Well, I have two comments. One is what you said about the Frank Sinatra record. That's a close second for me. I put Abbey Road in there. 
that's how I feel about Abbey Road or the Beatles. It's like you can't okay. have a vinyl record. But, but that's Super my fair. personal opinion. But it's music. You know, it's always subjective. I love how broad your five records are in terms of genre and feel and sound. The reason I love that question is because as a huge fan of your music, I feel like I can totally understand why those are your five albums and how those influence your sound. Maybe it's just me, but that's why I love the question, because for someone who doesn't know Christian French, you know, they might hear you say swimming, be like, wait, that's in my top five. I got to go check this guy out. Right. Hell yeah. I love it. Yeah, man. I mean, I definitely am not super married to one genre. I like just expanding the horizons continuously, and I'm always trying to, you know, just get out of my comfort zone with what I'm listening to. Well, I applaud you because you're really definitely doing a good job of that. You know, I fell in love. The first one I heard was actually Drifter. That was the first one. Oh, I heard. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeper pick over here. Oh, I love Drifter. That's funny. <laughs> and then I found Love Ride. And then I realized that you were the same guy. And I was like, oh, I need to go check out more. But, you know, it kind of started out without Drifter, a little bit more on the poppy side. But I feel like with Heavy Snow and Hungover Sunday and Breaking All the Rules, you've got a little bit of a groovy sound going on sometimes. And you're certainly doing a good job of expanding the genre. So I appreciate it. Hell yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I'm not tying myself to a genre and I'm going to make whatever music I'm feeling. If that's switching genres a little bit or making a hybrid genre, like I'm all about it. I'm just making sure I'm not tied to, you know, one certain sound or one certain thing. Like I said, I've just been enjoying expanding the horizon. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. No one trick ponies over here. Yep. The last thing is if you can help me close out the episode, all I need you to say is some variation. Hey guys, this is Christian French. Thanks for tuning into Mom's Spaghetti. Everyone eats. Cool veins. All right. I'm going to give it a go. All right. <laughs> Sorry, do, I say, do I say, yo, guys, it's Christian or like... Dude, whatever you want. All right, cool. Yo, guys, it's Christian French. Thanks for tuning in to Mom's Spaghetti Podcast. Everybody eats. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. I don't know. I mean, what, do you want to give it another go? Well, I don't know. That's probably what I would just say the next go, so I can give it another one. It's up to you, man. It's all good. All that, right. that, that yeah, you're like, I do not want to do that again. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, fans of Mom Spaghetti and Christian French alike. New episodes of Mom Spaghetti drop every Thursday, so I'll be back then. As for Christian French, you heard the man. Join me in keeping an ear out for new music and an eye out for tour dates in 2020. If that sounds like a lot, you know I've got you covered when it comes to Christian French's music, so tuning into the weekly episodes will certainly suffice. I'm Keith Cohen, your host of the Mom Spaghetti Podcast. One more huge shout-out and thank you to Christian French, and of course to you, the listeners. Listeners.